The following is the English translation of Pastor Monganu's teaching on the book of Genesis, chapters 27 to 28, translated by Caleb. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. Today we are going to look at Genesis 27 to 28. We will see that family education is particularly important in helping children embark on their calling. We can also see that if we rely on our own skill, selfishness, and favoritism in the flesh, our children might take more steps than needed to enter their calling. Let's take a look at chapters 27 and 28. First verse. When Isaac was old and his days were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. 2. He said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the days of my death. Now if you calculate the time, it is very likely at this time that Isaac was 137 years old, and his half-brother Ishmael had actually died at the same age. So Isaac thought, If I am going to die soon, I should quickly bless my children. So that's why he said to Esau, Take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, so my soul may bless you before I die. This blessing is the firstborn's blessing. But at that time, Isaac probably didn't know that his firstborn, Esau, had already sold his birthright to his brother. He most likely didn't know that his younger son also tricked his brother into obtaining it. But he had heard of God's prophecy towards Rebekah in Genesis chapter 25, verse 23, when Rebekah was still pregnant with Jacob and Esau. And this prophecy was, the older one will serve the younger. But Isaac still remained in his natural favoritism. And even in the state of spiritual dimness, he still wanted to bless his children. But we also see in verse 5 that Rebekah overheard of the conversation with Esau. But we needed to know that God's will, promise, and calling won't be accelerated or slowed down by the flesh, nature, or even physical intervention. We need to believe that God's calling will be on our children and need to trust that he also called us. I firmly believe and I pray that whether I'm successful or not in the workplace, whether I'm happy or not in my marriage, whether I have good or bad relationships in my various interpersonal relationships, I need to clearly understand that God's promise will be fulfilled through me. I need to firmly believe that it won't be because of spiritual weakness, disbelief, natural desires, bad bosses or associates, or even very bad environments that I lose faith in the fulfillment of his promise to me. No, we need to believe that God's promise and timing are the best. From verse 6 to 13, we see that Rebekah coerced Jacob into tricking his father. Now Jacob didn't initially want to, as the risks of getting cursed and losing his blessing scared him. But in verse 13, we see that Rebekah said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go, bring them to me. What Rebekah said here really did happen. The curse got to her. And after this, Jacob fled to his uncle Laban for 20 years. And in this time, Rebekah passed away. It's like what she said in verse 45. Why should I be bereft of both of you in one day? She didn't get to see her children after this. Esau lost faith in her, and Jacob fled to her brother Laban. Dear family, do not rely on ourselves our intelligence or wisdom to help God fulfill his promise. Sometimes when our children encounter pain or roadblocks, it is a good thing. We as parents never should try to change the circumstances to favor them. Pain and roadblocks are means of strengthening one's faith. Through this, we can also check to see if this person seeks God or not. 
We see in verse 14 to 20, Jacob actually carried this out. He arrived in front of his father through trickery. Look at what Jacob said here. Because the Lord your God granted me success. Jacob, in fact, did have a yearning for God, and he did in fact want God's promise, and he did want the eldest son's birthright and blessing, but he didn't know God. A lot of people are like this, new believers who want God's blessing. His blessing is good. The eldest son's birthright is good. And blessings are good. Spiritual abilities are good. But it feels like it was never fulfilled through me. So we sometimes ask, should I be doing something, changing something, or longing for something? Should I ask the pastor to lay hands on me or have a famous person bless me? We're thinking of any way a human would approach this. Dear family, growth in spiritual maturity is recognizing and knowing that God is my God. Instead of seeking those because of their ability to pray so God listens to them more, or their anointing and serving that God blesses them more. Jacob's mentality was still one of that was very shallow in his relationship with God. If you carefully look, Isaac and Rebecca, in their family education, both had their favorites, and neither did they clearly teach God's promise and call into their children, including the topic of marriage. Abraham was guided through seeking God and praying for Isaac's marriage and sent Eliezer, who ultimately found Rebekah. However, Rebekah didn't, on the topic of marriage, guide Esau or Jacob well. She did not, on the topic of their calling, teach them to understand God's will. So all four were in their state of spiritual numbness and slumbering. Their spiritual sensitivity was declining. So we see in verse 21 to 27, when Jacob came to Isaac, he wasn't able to recognize him. He sounded like his younger son, but he felt and smelled like his eldest. Isaac could have prayed in the spirit for guidance. And if he prayed in the spirit, saying, how can I bless him? God would have reminded him of the prophecy that he gave to Rebekah when she was pregnant. In the future, the younger will be served by the older. Now the younger one will also bear God's promise and the calling of God. So he chose Jacob. And Isaac would have been woken up in the spirit if he had heard this. Now, Rebecca also knew of God's promise, but her spirit didn't wake up either. No wonder she used the trick. If mother and father were already like this, let alone their children. In verses 28 and 29, we see Isaac's blessing. It is like Abraham's blessing and God's promise for Isaac were combined together. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. This is God's promise towards Abraham and Isaac, and now combined into just a few lines. How can we say it is important for a person who lives by grace to continue to maintain spiritual sensitivity? Those who live in grace and blessings. You can't just be satisfied in grace. You must continue to seek and rely on God in grace and allow your spirit to be more sharp and sensitive and be able to understand God's word and guidance. Isaac actually blessed Jacob. His timing was perfect. And then Esau came home. He also prepared amazing food and he sought his father's blessing. Verse 33. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came. And I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Now, this is when Isaac's spirit finally awoke. You know, who was the one who came before? He finally understood the earlier one who came in was his younger son, and his eldest son was now crying bitterly in front of him. 
He finally understood at this moment. His blessings are powerful, and the blessings he bestowed on his children fulfilled God's original promise during Rebecca's pregnancy. He realized that his natural favoring of wanting to bless his older son wasn't given. The coincidence of circumstances was actually God's arrangement, and the blessing went to his younger son. At this time, his spirit finally awoke, and he became sensitive. So in verses 34 to 36, when Esau cried in the presence of his father, Isaac said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Verse 36, Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright. Now Jacob didn't actually steal his birthright. Esau was the one who sold it to him. Verse 36, And behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? So we see that Esau bitterly cried, but what he cared about was the blessing, not the eldest son's birthright. In the church today, there are a lot of brothers and sisters who have Esau's mentality. You know, I want God's blessing. I want God's grace. I want to be rich and abundant. I want to be healthy. You know, God will solve whatever difficulties and challenges I face. But the knowledge of the Bible, the understanding of God, God's will, God's love for Israel, and God's love for the church are just too abstract. They are too distant from my job and not related. So all I want are God's blessings, and He will help me when I encounter difficulties. So please bless me when I face challenges and give me anything I need. Esau's blessing is a mentality that is shared by many Christians today. No more blessings for me? Well, I'm in pain. I'm crying and I want it. They do this not because they want God's promise, but simply because they want more of his blessings. In verse 37, Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him Lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? 38. Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Now reading this, you will feel pity for him. But that's not it. Underestimating God's promises and callings and arrangements will cause us to lose all the blessings we have. Looking at verse 39 to 40, you will think verse 39 is pretty good. Behold, away from of the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. Oh, but we see in verse 40, by the sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. At least there is the blessing in verse 39. No, verse 39 is the blessing, but verse 40 is a condition. You must fulfill the requirements in verse 40, and only then will the blessings from verse 39 come. You must live by the sword, serve your brother, and break his yoke on you to be able to enjoy the dew of heaven. Now, the Hebrew translation is actually scarier. Your dwelling place will leave the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven. And as expected later, Edom's dwelling place indeed did not give an easy life. Verse 39 to 40 is a conditional blessing. It brings people to the point where you have to rely on your physical efforts to achieve them. So this is not called grace. This is called earned by hard work. Once we look down on our spiritual inheritance, birthright, and blessings, we will lose all of it. Dear family, Jesus is the oldest son, and we are his brothers. God has set him as our older brother. And we need to say, we want to see you, Lord. We want to value you, cherish, and hold tightly hold on to the great blessing of Christian life, which is to know people. 
and Abba Father in this blessing. Many Christians are baptized with the purpose of wanting to go to heaven and receiving his blessings. Heretical false grace theology leads us to the I just want blessings or the Esau mentality. But what God wants from us is to awaken our spirit, to inherit his promise, and to know his goodwill. Verses 41 to 45. Surely enough, Esau hated Jacob and he wanted to kill him. And Rebekah was afraid and instructed Jacob to flee to Laban from the vengeful Esau. Now this is just like Cain and Abel. When God exposed Cain's mentality, Cain said it wasn't fair and he wanted to kill Abel. But when God exposes our inner darkness, shock, struggle, and indifference, he isn't abandoning us, but he's showing that he also wants to bless us and elevate us. Because Esau was also Isaac's son, he also had his own reserved blessing, you know, 12 chiefs, grace, and he could inherit the blessing. Even though God chose Jacob, when Esau went to serve his brother, God still had honor to give him. This is from the promise and prophecy. But Esau didn't want this, as his inner heart was exposed. And a lot of times, when we are illuminated by the Holy Spirit, when the environment doesn't seem fair, and when we face difficulties and frustration, we question why God treats us this way. You know, unfairness. Why do you bless someone else but not me? I serve well, but why can't I also receive blessings? Why is there no success in a broken marriage? And why is there so much hardships in my job, even though I work so hard? And this builds up resentment and dissatisfaction in our hearts. And Esau was just like this, so he wanted to kill Jacob. He hated Jacob. So when some Christians see that those around them are blessed, their hearts become sour and they feel that God is unfair. Why does he bless them but not me? Dear family, when God exposes all our weaknesses and shortcomings, it is to save us from the flesh and enter into his grace and his richness. So when Rebekah told Jacob to run away until your brother's anger turns away from you, all four other spirits were in slumbering. You know, Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob. So you see that during this time that God didn't speak to them once during this time. And it's after all this happened that God began to reveal himself to everyone's hearts. Isaac's heart came to life. Rebekah's heart came to life. And so did Jacob and Esau's hearts come to life. But after coming back to life, they still had to make the right decisions. Your spirit is awakened, but you still have to choose God's way. So let's see how to do it. I loathe my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So this is Rebecca talking to Isaac. This means that when Esau was picking a wife, his parents were not upset like this and never taught him to select the right person. And because of this marriage, it made them so annoyed. So Jacob wasn't married until then. So you see that these four people in their spiritual dimness were awakened by this issue. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 1, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite woman. Think about it. Why was it that when Esau got married, Isaac didn't speak up? Verse 2, Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. This is when Isaac remembered that his wife was found when his father sent Eliezer to go to Rebekah's father's house. Rebekah also never told how she was found and how she got married. Why did they never tell their children? Only because of the issue at hand did they finally speak up about it. In verse 3 and 4, we see that once Isaac's spirit came alive, his blessing touched God's heart. And it was the same blessing that God passed down from Abraham to Isaac, now to Jacob. 
God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land, your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. This isn't just a generic blessing anymore. It is a real blessing from God in his presence. And Isaac's spirit finally came to life. Once Isaac told Jacob to get quickly on his way, we take a look at verse 6 to 9. Esau's spirit also woke, and he overheard his father's conversation with his brother. I took the Canaanites in marriage. I did wrong. I will quickly make it up by marrying Ishmael's daughter. He already had two wives, and he went to take another one. His spirit awoke, but the choice he made was wrong. He didn't ask for any of his parents' advice before making a decision. So did his spirit actually awake? Feels like it did, but it also didn't. So with Esau, we're not sure whether to say he was smart or stupid. But we do know he is one who relies on the flesh and he does whatever he wants. He forgot to counsel his parents. Once he heard that it was wrong, he still acted in the flesh. His first marriage was his decision and his marriage now is also his decision. The spirit awoke, but his actions remained the same. Let's see verse 10, where Jacob's spear also awoke. Jacob left Beersheba and went down to Haran, and came to a certain place and stayed there that night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Verse 12 is the vision. A ladder where God's messengers or angels were going up and down. God said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jacob's escape route was actually the same path that Eliezer took to Haran and also the path that Rebekah was brought back on. This path is also the path that Rebekah took after she got married to Isaac. But she didn't tell any of this to Jacob. Her own child had to escape, and she didn't tell him of any of God's previous actions. Only when he was escaping did she finally tell him to take this path. Dear family, we can't look down on one thing. Every blessing in your life and mine, every experience we have had, the experience of healing, speaking, redemption, and even God's grace to us, we must tell these to our children often. The escape path that Jacob took. When your children are in the midst of weakness and fear like Jacob, they will remember the path of faith their parents took. And when they meet God on this path, his heart will be open to them. So God wasn't blaming him, saying things like, Oh, because you tricked your brother, so you are suffering this. Or, Oh, because your mother told you to trick your father, so you had to escape. No, God did not blame him. But he became clear and more complete in his promise, his blessing, and his calling for Jacob. He also said, I am with you. I will bring you back, and I will not abandon you until I have fulfilled what I have promised you. Believe what I have said to you and trust my timetable. That's what we need to believe of God. Dear family, when Jacob left for 20 years, in a similar time like this, our children can be called and sent forth by God to be his vessels. From a deceiving person to the kingdom of Israel. A transformation like that. We can also pray and ask God to help us to constantly talk to our children and remind them of their calling 
and thus we can help them avoid taking a lot of wrongful paths. They can enter God's presence, his completeness, his protection, and his promise. And at this point, Jacob still wasn't that mature, but he started to know God more on this path. So you see his prayer from verse 16 to 22. Oh, I see God. God is here, so the gate to heaven and his temple must also be here. But the issue is, it's not actually the location, but where God's presence is. Where his presence is, then his temple and the gate of heaven will be there also. So God starts to bless him, and he poured oil and set up a pillar. Now Abraham had his way of interacting with God, which was building altars and offering sacrifices. Isaac dug wells and knew God in the midst of digging them four times. Jacob built pillars and poured oil on them four times. So everyone had their own unique way of knowing God, getting closer with Him, and experiencing Him. So I can tell my own story of faith to my children, but my children need to have their own walk with God. Jacob wasn't mature at this time. You know, look at his prayer. If God will be with me, because God told him, this shows that he was half-hearted about God. If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I will come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. If you keep me safe and bless me, then I will praise you. Dear family, even though Jacob's heart was tender and his prayer didn't show his full trust in God's promise, God won't abandon someone who is walking forth on the right path. God's promise on them will be fulfilled through the fullest. On one hand, this shows God's promise to Jacob, but on the other hand, it also exposes his weakness, foolishness, and spiritual immaturity. In fact, this was written for us to see. Today, you and I can have a lot to pray to God. Dear God, there is still a lot of immaturity in my life. Help me to mature and grow. Teach me and let every prayer of mine touch your heart. Let my prayer not be exchanged prayers. If you do this, God, then I will do this and that. That's what we should not pray for. Our prayer should not be like this, but instead it should be believing whatever God says. You know, I read the Bible today and I believe the blessings you gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even the words you gave me while I was reading. Please give me faith without doubt. This way, our lives can avoid unnecessary mistakes. Our prayers are not of those of exchange, not ones where if God blesses us and is with us, no matter what, we will worship him and give him offerings. Ask the Lord to have mercy on us and let us not have these types of exchange prayers appear in our lives, but truly believe in God and live in his presence. Today, we respond to the Lord saying, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe that your words will come true, and I believe that you are with me, and I believe that you will give me peace according to what you have promised, and it will be fulfilled in me.